It wasn't going to work. There were too many Parshendi and Dalinar's men would be tired. It was another disaster. But for once, Kaladin charged into it with eyes wide open. This is my choice, he thought, as the Parshendi archers formed up. It's not some angry god watching me, not some spren playing tricks, not some twist of fate. It's me. I chose to follow Tien. I chose to charge the Shardbearer and save Amram. I chose to escape the slave pits. And now, I choose to try to rescue these men. Though I know I will probably fail. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book One, The Way of Kings. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 66 and 67. If you haven't read that far in your book, then I would suggest going back and reading because I know I say it every time, but you definitely don't want to be spoiled on this one. Um, we got something cooked up, something special here. Um, but if you are exactly where you're supposed to be and you're all cut up, oh man, boy, oh boy, enjoy this episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and I think I finally figured out what kind of spren he is. He binds things, especially this podcast. He He's the spirit of oaths, of promises, and nobility, uh, and nobility because he's king. It's Jack. What's up, dude? Hey, how you doing? Okay, so we, right off the bat here, I just want to say that I say this all the time. Oh my God, I've been looking forward to this chapter the entire time we've been recording. All other times, all other times I've said that have been a lie. This is the chapter I've right. literally been waiting for. Like, I've been waiting for this moment all book. I'm very, very excited about today's episode. That's for sure. Codes was ridiculously good. Oh my God, that's a short one, um, but so this good. This chapter 66. What's that? It's a short one, but it was so it's such a good chapter. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. It's a it's a great chapter. Starts well. So starting off with the with the death quote, that chanting, that singing, those rasping voices. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I really like that. Um, again, I don't know if I can interpret too much from it. Um, Middle aged uh, Potter. This was taken from. I don't think I had anything to add, but I like the rasping voices. Mm-hmm. And it was, it made me think of, well, was that similar to the chanting of the Parshendi? Um, well, they definitely sing oh, for sure. Yep. And we get that in full display during the fight too. Like their, 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 their song. They break into song, but then also they have, they also have another song that they break into that is more like a chant right. than a melody, right? Mm-hmm. There's definitely, so. we've heard from different uh, uh, characters in this book so far that there are definitely different songs for different oca- different occasions. Remember Dalinar mm-hmm. said that their dying song is somehow mm-hmm. the most beautiful of all of them, which is kind of haunting. 
The one thing about the death delirium there that I want to mention before we get off of it is the okay. postscript says um, it was from a middle-aged potter reported seeing yes. strange dreams during high storms during the last two years. There's someone else we know that gets strange dreams. Who's, who's had similar, yeah. Right, so someone else. So, so basically, so basically Dalinar is not alone. Right. Someone else is getting strange dreams during high storms. Right. So right. Dalinar thinks they're visions. They've just literally proved that they have some amount of truth to them and some something real out of these visions. But whoever this mm-hmm. potter was, he was all, he or she, I guess, middle-aged potter doesn't say a, a gender. He or she or they, um was receiving some kind of dreams as well during high storms, which is super interesting. That is super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kaladin is uh, unwrapping Scar's wound. Right. He's changing the bandage. He got hit in the ankle with the arrow, as per last chapter. He says that, that you're lucky that you'll walk on this again. Yeah. Um, he tells I him, like that, he uh, says, don't walk on sorry, it though. You can't, if you want it to heal, don't walk on it. Yeah. And we, don't walk on we it. find out, uh, a little while later that I Scar does not listen to him. So no. <laughs> and even, and, and then even under the circumstances, like we'll, we'll get to it in the chapter, but, yeah. but Kaladin is, is saying to Scar, like while he's heavily wounded and completely fatigued and he's thinking, he's thinking, uh, I thought I told him to stay off that leg. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so the fighting was distant now. They're focusing on the, uh, the Eastern edge of the plateau. Mm. Uh, Teft is, um, Teft is there and so is Lopin. Right. Uh, Kaladin is feeling completely wiped. I really like this. He's like, he's feeling drained. So he's feeling like this, like the sphere would. Completely. he's feeling. Yeah. He's, he's been completely, uh, drained. He needs to be infused again. Like, yeah, he's completely exhausted. Um, it's been an hour since the initial, uh, assault and he's scanning the battlefield and then he freezes and then he's noticing that, wow, Sadius is retreating. Yeah. And, and then the text is like, it, it seemed impossible that this was going on. Um, was Sadius bringing his men around to attack? Yeah, because he, Kaladin and then, also and thinks Kaladin's just like, beforehand, well, no, he, he thinks just beforehand that the battle's going really well. Like the Alethi soldiers are going to yeah. win. It looks like they're going to win. Right. But he says, no, the, the rear guard was already across the bridges and Sadius's banner is approaching. And then he, and then he asks, what, was he wounded? Right. And then, and then even others start, start taking notice, like Drahi, Layton grabs Scar and they, they hustle over to the Western side to look. Um, and he, and, and he tells the, the, the men, I, I want you to get into bridge positions. So I think that that's really interesting that as soon as he notices that he's like, I want the men in, in bridge positions right, right away. Right. So he, his first reaction was, uh, I think, the, the the right one. Um, and then he he t- he tells Moash that 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 you that you're going with with me. Yeah, come with me. And Moash is like, "What's going on?" And Cal and Calvin's like, "Sadius is pulling out." Yeah. And I like this that Sadius's men. I love the text here. Sadius's men in green slide away from the Parshendi lines like wax melting. Mm-hmm. I really like that, yeah, that image. That I, I like that the fact that they're sliding like a snake. Like they're like almost, mm-hmm. he doesn't say slither, but I feel like it almost could be slithering Green. away. Yeah. It's, it's slithering. It's not slithering. <laughs> He's slithering <laughs> away. 
is slithering away. Um, and he says, well, it must be because of uh, Sadius have, must have gotten injured. He must have got injured. That's the only reason. That's and then that's what yeah. He and then but Moash says, but they wouldn't abandon the whole battle for that. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't withdraw the, the 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 entire army for that. Right. And then and then Moash is like, well, you don't think he's? And Kaladin's like, Noah's banner is still flying. He's not. He's not dead. Right. But there could and be a reason for Moash that too, right? Reach the side of the bridge. What's that? He, they said that they say that there could be a reason why the banner is still flying too. If Sadius is hurt, which we know he's not, but if he is, they could be still flying his banner to stop the men to from panicking. It, to keep right, right, right. Yeah, it mentions that too. Um, so he and Moash reach the side of the bridge. Batal yeah. has already crossed and begun to run down the line of bridge crews. He's calling them to prepare to carry again. Right. And he glances at Kaladin's team, but they're already ready. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Because Kaladin's first instinct get was, ready. men, get yeah. ready, get into bridge position. Um, yeah, they're over by bridge eight right now. That's where um, Sadius looks like he's about to cross. So Cal wants to get close mm-hmm. enough to be able to see for himself. Like he can kind of eye it like, oh, the banner's coming this way. So he's going to be crossing on this bridge. Let's get close mm-hmm. to that bridge. And it just happens to be bridge eight. Mm-hmm. There's a light-eyed officer giving orders to the bridge crews that Kaladin doesn't recognize. I thought that was kind of curious. Um, And then he notices that farther to the south, a new Parshendi force had come in, as we knew from last chapter, Mm -hmm. and is trapping um, Dalinar around the tower. Um, So Sadius rides up, and I like this in the text, the paint on his shard plate gleamed in the sun it didn't bear a single scratch right in fact his entire honor guard was unharmed <laughs> so yeah this is i mean kaladin and I, I just oh there's so much to to talk about this so kaladin sees it um dalinar's uh sorry dalinar colon's force is fighting on the upper middle slope of the wedge and completely surrounded mm-hmm um, the new Parsheni force was flooding into sections, um, and then Kaladin just shouts, they're abandoning it. Right. It clicks. This was a trap, a setup. Sadius is leaving High Prince Colin and all of his soldiers to die. Yeah. And that's when he, that's when he gets it. And I love how he compares it to his betrayal. And he, he compares it to the Amaran betrayal as if it makes the Amaran betrayal seem very kind of trivial yeah. in comparison because Sadius is condemning thousands of soldiers to die right. and supposedly allies. So, um, so Kaladin elbows his way up to bridge 10 where Sadius is crossing. And it's, I, I, and I, I want to note here, perhaps he needed to see for certain that Sadius wasn't wounded. Right. Perhaps he was still stunned. This was treachery on a grand scale, terrible enough that it made Amram's betrayal of Kaladin seem almost trivial. Right. Yeah, it's... Wow. It, 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 and, and we then, know and, that and, in and Cal's even, heart... And the next paragraph... The Amram... We that? know in Cal's heart, the Amram betrayal is like literally the worst thing that's ever been done to him. And oh, he's awful. looking at this going, I still hate, wow. I still hate being wrong for that one. I'll, I'll never get over Amram. Yeah. I was really hoping that, that, that Amram was, 
had sent Kaladin to be a slave and had branded him to keep him safe. I think that I think this balances the scales for you a little bit, though, Jack. Truthfully, because um, Mm. you thought your wrongness of Amram's betrayal in comparison to your rightness in knowing that Sadius was going to do something or feeling like he was going to do something balances the scales big time. Yeah. Because because yeah, I guess it, I guess it does. Cal's yeah. like Amram's betrayal was nothing compared to this, so that means your being wrong is nothing compared to your being right <laughs> in this moment. But I was also very wrong with my girl Yasna. You were, but who that's did not who was not on top of Shalon like I thought she would have been. Yeah. Anyway, that's we'll discuss that hopefully again one more time. But um, to note here as well, this this is this is interesting. So Sadius is trotting his horse across the bridge. He's accompanied by light-eyed men, regular armor. All three of them had their helms under their arms as if they were on parade. Right. Sadius was indeed completely unharmed. He was close enough. So Kaladin was close enough to Sadius to see his proud face. Yeah. And he turned his horse to look back at the tower um, and the Parshendi are swarming Kaladin at this point. Um, and then Sadius uh, says, I told you, old friend, I said that honor of yours would get you killed someday. You remember that? Do you remember when he said yes, that? Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and here it is, his words back to haunt. I should have, I should have known right from the, from the red shard plate. Like that, I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, you can't always go by it, but, no. um, you know, certainly in, in films, you know, in, uh, in Tarantino, the use of the red phone and like, like the color red usually indicates something bad. You picked up. out the red carpet in Amram's tent. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, See? there's for red sure carpet. there's, especially yeah. in this book, he's using the imagery. Red is definitely. Brandon, Mr. Mm-hmm. Sanders. I mean, they, for fuck's sakes, dude, they call the rubies blood marks so yeah it should right. have been a, a, a clue right off the bat it's a hint yeah, yeah. well then we get a, a change of uh, a change of, uh, of view yeah, here point of view um, a point of view change Dalinar is uh, cutting down the Parshendi he's in wind stance defensive and he's thinking Sadius really planned this well yeah like this was done so efficiently in terms of battle t- battle time Sadius has pulled this off expertly. Yeah. Like he's already off of the battlefield and, and, and Dalinar can't help, but in some ways admire the efficiency. Right. I was just going to say that. It's just done so right. As, as despicable as this is, you almost have to til, uh, you know, tip your helm to him in, yeah. in victory because this was expertly done. Yeah. Adeline, his son, is right beside him, and their fight, I, I like this, they're two tired men in plate facing an entire army. Right. And they're fighting right at the front. Yeah. Don't ask another man or woman something, uh, or to do something that you're not right. willing to do yourself. He, um, he, he quotes that later, Dalinar quotes that later in the next chapter, and yeah. um, Cal actually brings it up in the next chapter too when he says um, uh, Dalinar Colon always fights at the front. So there's, you know, because he had been told that many times, these are the stories yeah. that people tell about him, but this is, this is the stories in actual practice. He's a goner. There's a moment, I think it's in the next chapter or maybe it's in this one where um, he thinks to himself, you know, 
Aladdin and I could probably jump the chasm and escape, but we're going to sit here and die mm. with these men. I think it's the next chapter, but let's keep going. I think in the next chapter, we find out that Sadius actually owns all of the jam companies <laughs> and, uh, and factories. <laughs> I think that's what we really find out. High Prince Smuckers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> High Prince Smuckers. Uh, Edie Smith. Dalinar was eating the jam the entire time, bro. Yeah. No, uh, hey, listen, I heard that you are trying to make an alliance with all the other High Princes. Do you want some jam? <laughs> <laughs> well... So Adel and his son is saying to Dalinar, I warrant you not to trust him as he's cutting down Parshendi. Yeah. Arrows are flying at them, spraying, I love this, the spraying of these arrows across Adel, across Adeline's armor, uh, scratching the paint. I like that they're in it and they make note of, you know, no scratches to, to Sadius. Oh, here's the scratches. Yeah. I love it. I told you, Adeline says again, I said he was an eel. I know, Dalinar says, we walked right into this. We let him take away our bridges. We let him get us onto the plateau before the second wave of Parshendi arrived. We let him control the scouts. We even suggested the attack pattern that he would leave us surrounded if he didn't support us. And Dalinar says again, I know. Yeah. And this makes me kind of curious about Dalinar's response. I paused there when I was reading that. I thought, did Dalinar actually somewhere anticipate this or not? Again, as a first time reader, when you read a little later, the doubts that come out of Dalinar sort of confirm that he, he didn't, he didn't know. Right. But as I'm reading here, when it's just, when he's just saying, I know, I know, I was wondering, wow, did you really? And you went into it anyway, because like I was hinting to you last time, when the, when the visions are saying, look, trust him, right. you, you got to trust right. him. Then maybe, maybe even though this leads to a bad place, it's for a higher mm-hmm. purpose. You're right. And he. So you have to trust him anyway. You have to go right. through this. The visions... You have to go through this journey before destination. Ah, there you go. You're yeah. totally right. You're totally you right. Go. And the other thing is, is that the, the visions were just proven true, which makes yes. it even easier for Dalinar to maybe believe that what he, you know, asked mm. the, the voice makes sense, right? So he doubles down on his... But I, I, the one thing I would push back on in here is that um, even mm. though he knows, Dalinar is like, I know these visions are true now, he still doesn't believe, he's not sure where they come from. Right. No. So it still should have given him a little bit of pause, but I would suggest that, you know, it says we let him take away our bridges. We let him do this. We let him second wave and yep. we let him control the scouts. I yep. think that even though these two men, Adeline and, uh, or Dalinar and, you know, a little bit of Adeline, they got duped. I think all these decisions that they made were expertly, uh, maneuvered by Sadius. Do you know what I mean? He like, yes. oh, yeah. let them dig their own grave. I, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it, it, the, the next paragraph after this, um, it's mentioning that Sadius will undoubtedly, when he returns to camp, he's going to claim, well, we were overwhelmed. Right. Um, you know, we, we, we couldn't do anything about it. There were Parshendi everywhere. Like that's all he has to say. And then a little further it was a in the disaster. text, disaster. It says, perhaps some of Sadius's men would talk right. and tell the truth, and other high princes would undoubtedly know what really happened, but nobody would challenge Sadius openly, right. especially not after this. Right. Like such a, it says here in the text, such a decisive and powerful maneuver. And this made me think of a little bit like, 
when you double and triple down behind people, yeah. even though you know they're wrong, right. absolutely wrong, and then you double and triple down on that untruth anyway. Right. And I think we all know how we can apply right. that in today's I think I think that doesn't need to be said. Circumstances. Yeah. But he says that the only so, one that but, might actually speak up is Elakar, the king. Mm-hmm, but Sadius mm-hmm. has his ear so thoroughly that any any kind of like a pushback that Elakar might have, Sadius will be able to twist it. You know, like look what Sadius right. just did to Dalinar. Do you Sadius is going to be able to do that to everybody? Yeah, it said that Sadius had had Elokar's ear. Right. And and I underlined this next line because it, it just that this hurt a little bit. It wrenched Dalinar's heart. Right. And I think that that line I, I actually like um made sure to write that line in my notes. I think this is saying that Dalinar's feelings are truly hurt here. He feels betrayed, yeah. militarily feels yeah. like an idiot, oh. but he f- he feels hurt. You know, yeah. he, he thought yeah. he was getting like his he's, friend he's back. He's clutching his heart like he's, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been totally, completely decimated. Because he's like, is it all had an it all act? Been, had it all been an act, right. could he really have misjudged Sadius so completely? What of the investigation that was that cleared Dalinar? What of their plans and, 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 and reminiscences? All lies? And then, he, and then he comments, or he says in his mind's eye, I guess, I saved your life, Sadius. Yeah. And then Sadius is watching and he notices him at this point. He glances right, across. Yeah, he can see because he can see the and, gleaming and red armor awful. in the distance, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the figure, so this is Sadius in the distance. He sees Sadius and then he pauses and then turns and, and rides away. Persendi are surrounding. Um, their armor's weakening. I, I like this that the hits are coming, that no matter what they do, to continue fighting the Parshendi, every time you go for it, you're so overwhelmed that you can't help but get another blow on your shard plate. Yeah. So it's just a matter of time. Yeah. You know. I think they pull back um, here, right? The the two guys pull back yeah. within the army for he a bit pull away. to get a rest because he's like, if we can't, mm-hmm. if we go down, then my our men have absolutely no chance. And fatigue, even though they're stronger and faster in the armor, fatigue is a real still thing that they have to deal with. Dude, this is serious here. Um, it's at this point when they when they pull back a little bit. Yeah. Um, Adelin meets his father's eyes, mm-hmm. and it says here his, that Adelin's face was haunted and grim. He knew, just as Dalinar did, just as the men did, there was no surviving this battle. Yeah. The Parshendi left no survivors. Right. They don't take, uh, they don't take uh, like uh, prisoners of war or they just kill everybody. No. Yeah. It says here, trusting Sadius has brought them to doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Brutal. I like here how Dalinar, Dalinar is like. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I just, I just like how Dalinar is like, you know, say it. I've led us to our destruction. And then he's right. like, this is my fault. Yeah. And this I is should such never a cool have risked our house over these foolish mm-hmm. dreams. And then we finally mm-hmm. get Adeline Brutal to hear him say so, flipping eh? on the other side now. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it's hard to hear him describe the dreams as foolish because he's just right. felt in his heart and, and abided by the codes from a, from, from an inner, an inner sense of things. Right. Like he's, he's, he's got this, um, 
I guess you would call it an innate uh, understanding of like the bell of truth that rings for him, and it's the codes. Right. Once he read the Way of Kings, it really it changed his life. It's like North Star, and right? Then, it's his North Star. Yeah, it's his North, and, and then and then along the way, following the North Star, you encounter so many different things mm-hmm. that threaten to, I guess, shake the foundations of your belief in it. Right. Or that it's healthy for you or good. Yeah. So, so I like this part here where yeah, Adeline is like. You know, Dalinar's like, say it, I, I led us to our doom. This is all my fault. And then Adeline's like, no, it's not your fault. And then he's like, yeah. um, would you have done anything else differently? You know, he knows the answer and to that, right? that's not what Dalinar expected right. to hear, right? Eh? He's like, would you stop trying to that. make something better for Alethkar? Would you become a man like Sadius and the others? No, I wouldn't have mm. you become that man, father, regardless of what it would gain us. I wish to the heralds that we hadn't let Sadius trick us into this, but I will not blame you for his deceit. I love this part here. Right. You are right to follow the yeah. codes. He, 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 even in their dying moments... Dalinar yeah, fall, fully moments. converted his son to his way of thinking, right? Well, he he, he grips his arm, yeah. right? So that's important because because Dalinar grips it right, back. Right, right. So Adeline the, grips his arm first really and says, It's a really touching moment. You are right to follow the code. Oh, t- dude, I have this whole thing yeah. underlined because it's amazing. Um, You were right to try to unite Alethkar, and I was a fool for fighting you on it every step of the right. path. Or every step along the path. Perhaps if I hadn't spent so much time distracting you... We would have seen this day come. Yeah. And then, and then his father's thoughts yeah. are, this was Adeline's Yeah, speaking? I love it. What, what had changed in my boy? And, and why did he say this now at the dawn? I underlined dawn because I thought that that word comes up. I know just, I didn't read ahead or anything, but that's, that's a component of future books in the yeah. series, right? Like, so I, I, I underlined that. Um, I love how he, just this moment between the two of them clears Dalinar's head. His guilt evaporates. He accepts his fate now. He's now Mm -hmm. certain of who he was and he won't have that uncertainty anymore. Um, Yeah, I I really like that. I just just wanted to finish my thought on that dawn thing, if if, if I I may. That That it was the dawn of Dalinar's greatest failure. So it's kind of like the failure allowing Sadius this opportunity was the dawn of something new. So this gets back to what you tried to say last episode where you were like, maybe Mm -hmm. he was supposed to trust Sadius on purpose. Maybe this needed to happen. That's right. Right. Yes. That's, I mean, it's either that or there is something nefarious happening with the visions these dreams these sequences these or these histories that he's mm-hmm. actually experiencing and living there, there's there's something like misguided there and and um i well, it may not be evil but it may not be but uh, benevolent either. yeah so um dalinar's thinking yes I, I could have been more cautious i could have been warier of sadius uh, but would he have given up the codes? Would he have become the same pitless killer that he'd been in his youth? And he says no. And 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 like you said, I love this. The final piece came into place inside of him. The final cornerstone. Yeah, it's and almost he found like that he no longer worried. This is just 
amazing. I feel like the confusion there was, was only gone. one thing that was holding Dal and our back from completely buying into all this. And it was the fact that his, his son? son didn't. Oh. You know what I mean? And yeah. when Adeline yeah. finally Adeline. bought into it too, all that stuff washes away from Dalinar, all this like doubt and it all goes away. And he's like, you know, I'm going to die, but I'm complete now. Like I am now this new person and nothing can stop me except for maybe all these Parshendi and I'm going to die. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, one of my favorite things in the entire series is this speech by Dalinar here to his men. Do you, oh, this do you is, want to read this yeah, for this us? This is my absolute, it's my absolute Do you want to read this for us? Um, yeah, dude. I mean, it's, this is amazing. So, so he reaches up after, after this moment, he reaches up and grabs his son's arm and says, thank you. And I think you're absolutely right. That was the moment because no other person that has heard about the codes or the way of Kings has made him feel this right. way. Even Sadius was, was betraying him by saying, oh yeah, you know oh, what? Send a scribe Maybe over. Some... I'd love to hear about it. Right. right. I'd love to hear about it. But that didn't make Dalinar feel better. Right. But this did. Mm-hmm. So I think you're absolutely right that, that Adeline's coming around. I think that we see that, wow, there really is someone that Dalinar trusts completely right. and that's his son. Right. And we've seen right? this throughout the because whole book, right? He's been telling yeah. us since the day one that he trusts Adeline, but there was this one little holdover thing that Adeline's not really believing in what I believe in and that still disturbs him a little bit. But now right. the two of them are on but the same page. It's, it's locked in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then he's so he, he grabs his arm and says, thank you. I love that. Um, and it says Adeline, uh, he chose to follow Dalinar and part of following a leader was supporting him even when the battle turned against him. Right. So he's following his father, you know, like, almost right or wrong which you, you, could, you can look at that as may, maybe being foolish but I think the, the way they set it up is, is it's perfect yeah. it is time for us to fight he said voice growing louder and we do so not because we seek the glory of men but because the other options are worse we follow the codes not because they bring gain but because we loathe the people we would otherwise become we stand here on this battlefield alone because of who we are. And I love this. The members of the Cobalt Guard standing in a ring began to turn one at a time, looking toward him. Beyond them, reserve soldiers, light and dark eyes gather closer. So they're, like, they're all coming around. For yeah, they're, like, they're all turning to him and yeah. I love it. And then he says, he bellows out, Death is the end of all men. What is the measure of him once he is gone? the wealth he accumulated and left for his heirs to squabble over, the glory he obtained only to be passed on to those who slew him, the lofty positions he held through happenstance? No. We fight here because we understand the end is the same. It is the path that separates men. When we taste that end, we will do so with our heads held high, eyes to the sun. He holds out a hand and summons Oathbringer. This is the first moment of this chapter where I got goosebumps. Um, I am not ashamed of what I have become, he shouts. Um, and I like that he shouts that. And then in, in the text, he says, and found it to be true. Like, it's like he, it, he, it was resonating within yeah, it him. It felt so strained to be free of guilt. Right. That's the, that's the other big, 
a big kicker right there. Mm -hmm. Other men may debase themselves to destroy me. Let them have their glory, for I will retain mine. Yeah. Shard blade forms, dropping into his hand. The men cheer. Or sorry, the men did not cheer, but they did stand taller Mm -hmm. and straight backed. And a little of the terror uh, retreated. Yeah. And together they charged back into battle, Adelin and his father. And it says, and so I die, Dalinar thought, crashing mm-hmm. into the Parshendi ranks. Can we talk there about that speech found... for a second before we conclude this chapter? Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's just that this... it's so close to the end. I, just, I, I yeah. felt we should this, read it. But... This, cha- uh, this speech is the way of kings come to life. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the teachings, the codes, yeah. everything. Dude, he's literally saying, and, and, and he he's saying the ideals that Kaladin has just recently said, life before death. Right strength before weakness journey before destination he said though he's literally said those ideals here in the speech without actually saying them right yeah like um the end is the same it is the path that separates us right it's yeah it's yeah. just it's so great man a death it's is amazing. uh is the end of all men but what is the measure of him once he's gone right i just Mm-hmm. The, it, it, the, the wealth he accumulated left for his heirs to squabble over it, this squabble is the life over, before yeah. death right like I just right. I don't know man I got goosebumps over my entire body here this speech is one of my yeah. favorite things it's un- it's unbelievable and then summoning Oathbringer and then charging yeah. he his last and thoughts though man are so sad his last thoughts oh man and so I die Dalinar thought crashing into the Parsheni ranks there he found peace an unexpected emotion on the field of battle, but all the more welcome for that. He did, however, discover one regret. He was leaving poor Renarin as Colon High Prince, in over his head and surrounded by enemies, mm. grown fat on the flesh of his father and brother. I never did deliver that shard plate I promised him, Dalinar thought. He will have to make his way without it. Honor of our ancestors protect you, son. Stay strong and learn wisdom more quickly than your father did. Farewell. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yes. What a great it, chapter. Yeah, it chokes me up. That, that, that ending of the chapter chokes me up. It's... Oh, it's, 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 it's amazing. Like, yeah, I've just got a little, little rush on my arm. <laughs> you got some goosies, eh? Yeah, because it's been, I mean, this, this whole experience, this whole podcast, like trying to, you know, delve deep into the way of Kings and understand it, it, it's just become so much more than a novel, much more than any other novel that I've read. Um, I think that most fans would say the same, dude. That this oh, yeah. this fantasy series teaches you about yourself and what you want and what right. you're willing to accept about yourself. And it's one of mm-hmm. the reasons why it was important for me to cover this. I, uh, you know, I it's yeah. it's just wonderful. Um. Let's uh let's get to the highlights here. What's your highlight for this chapter? Well, I mean the speech. It's got to be mm-hmm. the speech. Yeah, the speech is awesome. That ending speech is is pretty hard to uh, to beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are moments uh, along the way that I really like a lot. Um, um, you know, it was interesting because I, I I kind of I was almost wondering if Kaladin was going to just, you know, break into it right then. Like just as soon as he noticed, I thought, wow, is he going to mobilize? But no, he's, in fact, it takes quite a bit to get him there. Mm -hmm. 
which I think is far more interesting. Yeah, it's an, it's important, right? And and, and mm-hmm. Sanderson's not yeah. rushing it; he's letting us sit in no. it for a bit. No, absolutely. My highlight is the speech, but I would say that that I uh, to say something a little bit different than what you said because it's nice for us to mm-hmm. have different highlights sure. so we can kind of you know talk sure. about different things. It's the that moment when Adeline accepts the codes. And yeah. it yeah. makes Dalinar feel whole. Like he he can yeah. he can die knowing that his son be- believes it is now buying into what he he thinks. And it's not like oh my my son finally believes what I believe, but it's just it's that right. final cornerstone in this thing that Dalinar has been building. And now he can die yeah. happy knowing that his son is with him fully. Right. Right. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah, his doubt, his his guilt is gone, his his doubt is gone, his confusion is gone. Mm-hmm. No more uncertainty, he says. Yeah, you're right. That's a great moment. And just at the end, right? He he finally becomes like fully formed person that he's always wanted to be. Right at the end. Yeah, it's crazy. It just it just broke my it just broke me when I when I first read when he says, "And so I die." Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. You know, like that's just such a brutal realization. Like, right. and so ends, you know, and so ends Dalinar Colon, you know? Like, right. It seemed very Tolkien that moment. I must, I must admit mm-hmm. that seemed very Tolkien-esque, um, which is, fin- which is yeah, amazing, great. which is fantastic. So yeah, an amazing chapter, but the next yeah, one, the next one, chapter 67 words. So uh, right off the bat, we should probably say about this one that, um, Jack, you haven't actually finished reading this chapter because... um, No, I'm pretty nervous about this one. I've left you as a cliffhanger. There are two scene changes at the very end, and um, you haven't read the end of the chapter. So let's get to that part, and then we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Magic. Um, so, so first of all, I, 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 I got to say to it, to our listeners, mm-hmm. this was an idea that, that, that Sean had, had said to me, look, I, I only want you to read so much of this chapter. The rest we're going to do as we record the podcast. And I thought, well, and I thought immediately, well, why, why does he want me to stop at that point? And so I've been trying to, in my head, you know, go back through the entire series and think, you know, what breadcrumbs did I not pick up? Like, was there a clue about some kind of revelation or something? And I kept putting pressure on myself to, to try to, you know, absorb and go through all that stuff just to see if I could figure something out or right. pick up on something. And I have to admit, I did not. Um, I don't so have any I'm, nefarious reasons for doing this. I, um, oh, okay. I, uh, I've heard of other podcasts doing it and I've heard it and it oh, works okay. really well. And I wanted us to do it too. And there was a different part that I wanted to do it with in this book, but mm-hmm. structurally in the book, it didn't make sense because it's in like the middle of the chapter. And then we would have to read the mm-hmm. entire rest of the chapter. Um, and, but this right. moment here is equally amazing, but it ends the chapter. So it's a really good p- place for us to end on. So, right. So this is why I picked this re- this one here. But let's get into it. So the well, uh, death delirium, also known as uh, uh, death quotes, also known as death rattles. Death rattles. Yeah. Yeah, this one's unusual. So yeah, it's a, let me no longer hurt. Let me no longer weep. Die Gornarthus. The black fisher holds my sorrow and consumes it. Yeah. 
Um, and similar to sample 1172.89. Yeah. Did you happen to go back and try? I looked it up. I looked up 1172.89. Couldn't find it. Okay. So mm. I don't think it exists in this book. Um, and so it might just be another one that we didn't read yet. It's an, like another death okay. rattle that we didn't read yet. So, and if it is wanna... in the book, I apologize. <laughs> so there's a few questions that I have about the death coat, obviously. Mm-hmm. So die, uh, Gunarthus and the black fisher holds my sorrow. I, I don't understand what those terms mean. Mm-hmm. Um, let me no longer hurt. Let me no longer weep. Um, so almost as if the, this black fisher has that ability to impose hurt right. and crying and sorrow. So it implies that. But I, I want to note one other thing before we get into the text of the chapter, and that is the banner or the, or the relief work of the chapter words. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, the first time where it has two kings. That's right. Cool. So I was wondering uh, about that. Yeah, that's, Anyways, uh, you know, what's funny I'm, is I'm not sure if it applies to the chapter or not. I probably should have been paying more attention to this relief work and these images, but I've, I mean, completely skipped that part of this show. Maybe if when we do the words of radiance, we'll be paying more attention to that stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, I really have no comments on it cause I've really okay. just kind of omitted that from my research. So okay, no, it's no a failing on my part, I guess. Um, so bridge four is lagging behind. Yeah. Uh, two, two wounded, four men need to carry them bridge weighing them down right away from this chapter the bridge is heavy again right um because sadius had brought the other uh, crews in it meant that um the army didn't have to wait um for kaladin's team to to cross so this is this puts um kaladin and his bridge four in a good position right um to take things slow and hang back right um it's part of the, the idea again, later oh sorry no just it's part of the idea later that cal gets yeah Kaladin is completely exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he, I, I love this in the text. And the bridge on his shoulders seemed made of stone. Right. And then he says, the betrayal weighs as heavy on as the bridge yes. on Kaladin's back. Right. Which we know, you know, the, the, the weight of the bridge has been a theme this whole time. And now we find something that weighs just as heavy. And it's this betrayal that Kaladin didn't commit to him to, to anybody or even was committed to himself. He feels it for the parties that are involved and they're not even, yeah. he's not even involved. Yeah. And, and, and like he, at this point right now, and, and we, he, we have, he hasn't even experienced what's coming up. He already feels as tired as he did when he first became a bridgeman. Right. And he's had all this like training he's, and he's, all this exercise. He's right at the beginning. Like he feels like he's yeah. at the beginning right now. That's crazy. Right. It's a big full circle again. Yeah. So the staging plateau is empty. Sadius, Sadius has already crossed over. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I love how he's just noticing like he, words, the, the words in the text are sheer awful audacity of what Sadius has done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, and it it twists at Kaladin's insides. I love that. Yeah. Just gnawing at him. You 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 know that he's. You, I mean, you you can feel it burgeoning within him, but it, it takes time. It takes time in the text. Yeah, it says it pressed on him and made him gasp for breath. Right. Yeah. It um mm. was there no hope for men. 
Yeah, like, this, oh this, my God. Love this paragraph. Go ahead. It's amazing. I love this paragraph. Mm, just, you know, he says, uh, they killed those that they should have loved. What good was yeah. it to fight? What good was, uh, was it to win if there was no difference between an ally and an enemy? Right. What was victory? It was meaningless? Meaningless. Like, it's just... He, and then he thinks to himself, what was the meaning of all the deaths of Kaladin's friend and colleagues then? They meant nothing. The yeah. entire world, sickeningly yeah. green, infested with corruption. Like yeah. the, the, the entire world was a pustule. Yeah. Sickeningly green and infested with corruption. And notice the green. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it. it's Sadius's colors. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's it's brutal. And then numb. This word numb, this this begins the use of the word for this chapter. So it it's used about six or seven or eight times up to when I've read. So I just want okay. to note that 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 numb is it's almost like a thematic word for how many of the characters are feeling. Like they just right. can't believe this is this is happening. They're they're numb from it. So, um, yeah, Sadius they, um, is, oh, th- this is brutal. Sadius is retrieving, they're wounded, but some of the men have died and he's abandoning some of them there because he obviously wants to hurry and leave the scene. Right. In his haste, he's leaving men behind. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. And then he thinks, um, and then he thinks that, um, some poor bridge crew would have to come all the way back here to salvage from these dead and dying men. And that was my first clue. The, the, the first line of that paragraph is the dead had been left with their equipment. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay. Oh, so you're like, okay. I'm like, okay. That's because they have, you know, Parshendi, you know, shields and things like that, but wouldn't it be better to have other armor well i mean if if they uh, you know when he tells them later like gear up go get all that stuff we're gonna leave we're free now Mm -hmm. they can't walk around with parshendis like skull caps and breastplates and stuff right so yeah exactly but yeah cal tells them Um, not to bother putting the bridge down they're just gonna wait till the soldiers go across and then we're gonna carry our bridge across and metal looks at them kind of funny but then doesn't disagree because I mean, really, what is the use of putting the bridge down? Um, it's Moash. They look says, around. Isn't that a sight? I love that. Yeah, yeah. They look. Yeah, he says that, and then they look back, and the uh, they can see the tower, and they can see the Colon army completely surrounded by Parshendi. Yeah. And then the other bridgemen start to um, Drahi to pipe up. Such a shame. Yeah. 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 Makes me sick. Drahi says. Right. Yeah. Rock comes over, looking eastward. Is a shame, a shame to Sadius, a shame to us. Right, he feels the shame as well, right? Like he's yeah. he's not he hasn't betrayed, but they feel right. it, and that's why Cal feels it like that. This is like the weight of the bridge on him because even though they didn't do it, they're kind of part of it, and it makes them feel shame. Matal is uh, calling for bridge four. Come on. And then Kaladin pipes back. We'll follow with our own bridge, Matal. Yeah, he gets an we idea. Only just, we only just got to the chasm. We need to sit for a few minutes. And Matal yells, cross now. And he says, we'll just fall further behind. You want to explain to Sadius why he has to hold the entire army for one miserable bridge crew? Yeah. We've got our bridge. Let my men rest. We'll catch up with you later. And if those savages come after you, Kaladin just 
He just shrugs. Suit yourself. Yep. And I love Kaladin's response here. I can't believe it. After all that worrying, men, we're free. Right. Because after that was secured, technically, this is their moment. Right. And I have to admit, as a first-time reader, I mean, Brandon Mr. Sanderson has surprised me so many times in this series, and I thought... Yeah. I thought... Oh, God. Kaladin's going to walk. Like, right. he's... He could walk. Like, he's he's out of here. Like yeah. Like, he's, he's done everything. Like, he's fought, fought so hard to get to this point. You know, yeah. collecting an antiseptic and training and putting up with all the doubt from the men and why should we do this and all the escape attempts back and all the escape the attempts training. in slavery. Oh, like, yeah, it's been so arduous. Tef's like, but, but, but Kaladin, we need supplies. And he's like, dude, we got a bag full of spheres. Right. We have all the supplies yeah. we can buy. Right. And we'll loot the soldiers and we'll get uh, uh, equipment. It'll be hard, but no one will chase us. They'll all think that we were killed by the Parshendi. Right. I love it's how perfect. he says, we'll follow them, but we're going to lag farther and farther behind. Farther behind. Until they can't until see us anymore. Right. And then, and then they're going to assume that the Parshendi took care of them. So it's perfect. Yeah. It's literally exactly how, was it, was it rock that suggested that you try to convince? Um, so yeah. And then he says, we'll veer north. And the best part of this plan is he's like, we'll just use the bridge. We'll use the yes. bridge and we'll cross the shattered plains to the north and we'll just get out of here. Yep. We have spheres. I, we just need weapons to uh, arm ourselves against b- potential bandits. Yeah. And then there's like a it little it, hitch here in this plan. And Cal's like, well, what about the mm. wounded men? We can't leave them behind. He's like, actually, you know what? You guys go. I'll stay behind. I'll cooperate the story. And they're like, we're not going without you. He's like, okay, well, yeah, maybe I'll go with you. And then I'll sneak back in camp afterwards to, to take the, the wounded men with me. Um, he's like, wh- whatever. You know what? Let's not think about it. We have our moment. Let's just go. Get the equipment the and let's get out yeah. of here. We'll figure yeah. it out later. It's an, it's an order. I love that. He says it's an yeah. order, man, because they were hesitant because yeah. they're so loyal to him now, dude. Right. That even when given their freedom, they're like, if you have to stay behind to secure this, like, mm-hmm. we're, we're just going to stay with you. It, um, it right? makes me like, think wow. of that moment when he it's says, amazing. when Kaladin thinks, if Sadius only knew what he could have in these men. Mm-hmm. Kaladin knows. Dude, there's a... There's a chapter just before we we, we, we do the reading. There's like a, a chapter. There, there's a paragraph? A, a paragraph that I just absolutely love in this. Um, yeah, yeah. It's coming up. It's coming I know up. which one you're talking um, about too. You know the one I mean? Oh, yeah. dude. It's amazing. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, the, the chance to vanish and be presumed dead? Yeah. The bridgeman wouldn't have to fight. They were free. But why was he so anxious, Kaladin? Right. Kaladin turned to survey his men. And we're shocked to see someone standing beside him. A woman (sighs) of translucent white light. It was Syl. As he'd never seen her before, the size of an ordinary person. Hands clasped in front of her hair and dress, streaming to the side in the wind. He'd had no idea she could make herself so large. She stared eastward, her expression horrified. Eyes wide and sorrowful. It was the face of a child watching a brutal murder that stole her innocence. Wow. Dude, so that I, um, was That was huge for me because th- I, had, I, is, I, think, I think in the podcast, I had made a little question a while back. I said, I wonder if she has the ability to 
you know, become full size. I couldn't size. tell you, dude. I couldn't say anything. I know. You couldn't tell me. I know. And, and, I, and I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted you to, but yeah. when I read this, I was just so excited because you, one of, admittedly, one of my all-time favorite, uh, you know, I guess adolescent sort of movies was a movie called Hook. Right. Which is a Peter Pan story, right? Right. And in it, uh, Tinkerbell Julia becomes Roberts. big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, it be, 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 you know, becomes full full size, and, and I'll never forget uh, Robin Williams' performance as Peter Pan, and he says, "You're humongous." Yeah, <laughs> you're and, humongous. Uh, you're humongous. Well, this <laughs> and, definitely. And, and I just, it just if... brought me back to loving that moment so much. But in here, it's it's interesting how the tone of this was more like, I don't know, it was more like magical, spiritual, like just uh, yeah, magical, yeah. fantastical, mythical. Mm. Right? But this just... absolutely, Jack, this absolutely confirms your, your, this is yes. just like Tinkerbell thing when you like, you know, yeah. you've yep. been saying this all book and this moment, along, yep. if there was yep. ever a moment, this is the moment yeah. that's like, this yeah, is this is just like dunker, Tinkerbell. Yeah. yeah. But again, it's got a very different, different feel, right? Like, and I love this. <laughs> I love what's, I love it. I love, this is amazing. Um, so she's looking towards the tower, towards Dalinar Colon's desperate army Kaladin is thinking we have a bridge if we could get it set right and then he starts thinking um you know no that was idiocy there were thousands of Parshendi soldiers blocking Colin's path you know like I'm like I can't believe I'm actually thinking about giving up the freedom that we've fought so long for we just got freedom we just got our freedom moments ago. Moments right. ago. <laughs> so Rock joins Kaladin and looking across and again says, this thing is terrible. Can we not do something to help? It's Now you've got one of his men saying, can we not do something? And Kaladin says, it would be suicide, Rock. We'd have to run a full assault without an army to support us. Mm-hmm. And Scar comes in, couldn't we just go back a little of the way and and wait to see if Colin um, can cut his way down yeah, to us. That's Scar that says that, right? That's Yeah, Scar says that, and Kaladin's like, no, if we stayed out of range, Colin would assume us to be scouts left by Sadius. Yeah, we'd we'll have, have to, to rush the chasm. the chasm. Yeah, We'll have to yeah charge the chasm, otherwise he'd never get down to meet us. And then Kaladin says, besides, even if we did somehow um, save some of those men, they'd talk. And I thought this was brilliant, like... Sadius would know that we still live and he'd hunt us down. Right. So right. if if we go in if we go and save them, we're doomed anyway. Right. Because even if it works, even if we get Dalinar out of there, yeah. there's no way out of this predicament. You're totally you're it's totally so, right. And and so I and so with with all this debate, again, a first time reader, like I was like, wow, like Kaladin has yeah. just sold me on the fact that they should just book it. Like, just like, yeah, he says by going back, we'd we'd throw away our chance at freedom. Yes, literally gone. There's um, Kaladin tried here, to dude? squelch the feeling of despair inside of him. Mm-hmm. This Dalinar Colon was probably just like the others, like Rashon, like Sadius like any number of the other light eyes pretending virtue but corrupted inside so he's trying to convince himself like look he's a light eyes forget it so right. what if he defended yep. you 
here. He saved you guys on the battlefield. So what Mm -hmm. if his son proved to be a good man in the street with regards to the prostitute incident? We owe them nothing, Kaladin says. He could see Dalinar's banner flying. You got them into this, colon. I won't let my men die for you. Yeah. And then this line here, he turned his back on the tower. So as a, re- <laughs> like, I was convinced, okay, that's it. That's, that's, that's it. it. That's all we've got. And then Still Syl is, Syl is asks standing a question. The question that was yeah. asked at the beginning of the book oh. is asked again. Are yeah. windsprint attracted to wind or do they make it? I don't know. Kaladin said, does it matter? <sighs> man, this part Perhaps gets not. me, man. I'm going to get choked up here. Perhaps not, she says. You see, I've remembered what kind of spren I am. Is this the time for it still? I bind things, Kaladin, she said, turning and meeting his eyes. I am honor spren, spirit of oaths, of promises, and of nobility. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, that was huge. So, I have to admit, I, I paused so, my So can I, can I read sure. that, that quote again? I want to read that quote yeah. again now. Yeah, so please, we know ahead. that she's honor spren now. Are wind spren attracted yeah. to wind or do they make it? Right. Let's res- let's replace those words now and say, are honor spren attracted to honor or do they make it? Right. I know. Dude, I got shivers all over my body, dude. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So he um he can hear the battle. Or was it just his mind searching? He could hear men dying. Yeah. And yeah. then he screams out, I've been here before. What yes. happened last time? Oh. I've learned I won't be a fool again. Won't get right. fooled again. Seemed to crush him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sad. No, that's funny. I'm, a, a, a little levity would, 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 would be good right about yeah. now. Um, he raised a trembling hand, feeling the brand there. I love this too. Feeling yeah. his slave yeah. brand on his head. Betrayal. With sweat. And he's thinking, I owe you nothing, Colin. And then his father's voice seemed to whisper a reply. Somebody has to start, son. Somebody has to step forward and do what is right, because it is right. If nobody starts, then others cannot follow. <sighs> Amazing. Yeah. Dalinar had come to help uh, Kaladin's men attacking those archers, saving Bridge 4. And then he's, and then I love this, this whole speech is like him remembering events with Dalinar and then what's turning and churning in his mind. Right. These and memories says, the, of his the, father's words. Yeah. The, the light eyes don't care about life. Liren had said, so, so I must, so we must life before death. So I you so must, often. he says. Right. So you must. Yeah. Life before death. I failed so often. I've been knocked to the ground and trod upon strength before weakness. This would be death. I'd lead my friends to journey before destination. Death and what is right. And then immediately I'd after that I'd lead my sentence, friends to death and what is right. Yeah, I'd and lead my friends to death and what is right. Yeah. yeah. And then he says, we have to go back. Storm Amazing. it. We have to go. We back. have to go back. Yeah. And this, this is the, I think the paragraph that you're talking about here, right? Eh? 
this, yeah, this is amazing. And dude, the fact that his men from, so, so he basically, we, we've had a complete, you know, since the, you know, um, Sill's presence, honor spread. Yeah. Am I, you know, attracted to honor? This is the moment where Kaladin is, you know, being truly tested for his convictions and, and right. everything that he appears to hold true about himself and how he sees the world, how he sees his father, how he interprets his father's teachings, you know, it's kind of like, you know, what, what does the surgeon mean to him now? Mm-hmm. Um, and when he says we have to go back, the men just fall in line. Yeah. There isn't so much as a debate, Sean. Like right. they, they're not debating this at all. They're not, they're not even no. questioning it. It says here, he turned to the members of bridge four, one by one, they nodded. Men who had been the dregs of the army just months before. Men who had once cared for nothing, but their own skins took deep breaths, tossed away thoughts for their own safety and nodded. They would follow him. <sighs> like Awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's yeah. amazing. It's, um, I love it. Calvin looks up, sucks in a deep breath. Stormlight rushes into him like a wave. This is amazing. Um, drawing it into himself, and then he and then he commands bridge up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> when he said bridge up, I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Yeah. It's they grab their bridge, hoisting it high. Hoist hoisting it high. Like proud, like heavy, they, like with pride. Heavy, exhausted, no strength. We're done. I'm done. Holding it high now. Right for what is honorable and for what is right. Yeah. Dude, it's like, it's like, it's perfect. It's amazing. It's a 180, right? It's, yeah, I I didn't, I wasn't sure. Like I was, I mean, Brandon, Mr. Sanderson had, had had me going there. He did. He really did. And then he turned it around Mm -hmm. uh, with, with that debate with his father. That conversation was how it turned around, but still, still really, I think I had being, big start of it of course the sill moment is is the moment point of view change yeah so dalinar is in the on the battlefield okay so dalinar's plate is leaking stormlight everywhere um i like this light rose above him now from the leaks on his uh his um plate like steam from a cauldron love it uh, right i love some of the languages used here um he, dalinar um, pushed he himself, himself hard, he was so tired front. Yeah, so tired. Killed so many of them. Um, but he did it without the thrill. You notice that? Right. Yeah. He says, he um, feels hollow says something like better than pleasure. He was hollow yeah. inside, but it's better, better than pleasure. Better that than feeling pleasure right. for, for, for the killing. Yeah. There's a moment here I want to point out that he says, Go ahead. Um, he's so tired. Um, it says that it hadn't actually been that long since Sadius left, but because the fighting is continuous, it felt like forever. Um, Right. Like time can't be counted in battle kind of thing. A- right. And it made me think of combat in Dungeons and Dragons. Like we spend a yeah. whole evening, like a four hour evening playing D&D and the combat takes four <laughs> hours, but in the game, it was only like a minute that went by, like 10 rounds went by. So it was only like a minute. <laughs> so this is what happened to Dalinar. Well, that's what happens if you play 3.5. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, nothing wrong with three point five. I but mean, you better be prepared it's for. Tr- it's true of five e two. It's five. True of five e two. Book a weekend. Yeah. Well, five e. I mean, I mean, I guess that any edition. Like a, a, I still a, haven't played for it. A really big battle can last two sessions right depending on how how oh, structured yeah. it is but i just find it yeah. hilarious that he's like man time doesn't exist on the battlefield and nor does it in combat and D." <laughs> <laughs> well we still have to try to convince brandon mr sanison to uh, to play with us oh god that would be that would be the the dream We've got to we've got to put that on the on the on the, on, the, on the bucket list. For yeah, sure. we will. Um, so yeah, his um, shard plate is leaking so much. His plate is getting heavier and heavier. Yeah. Um, soon enough, getting it would tired. weigh him down so much that the Parshendi could swarm him. Um, I, I hate how they also note here that in in battle they you know in stories of old they would describe shard bearers that that would last till the end, yeah. but that was complete bullshit. Like. Mm. They would go and target the right the shard bearers first in order to take the weapons and use it against them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's it's so it's clear that Dalinar and Adeline are being targeted, and that's 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 the facing, tactic, right? right? That's yeah, what they that's need the to tactic. do. Um, so I thought that was neat. Yeah, um, he thinks about how he failed his men, and that he led them into a trap. Oh, dude, this is amazing. This part here, and then there was Nav- Navani. Right. Of all the times to finally begin courting her, Dalinar thought six years wasted, a lifetime wasted, and now she'll have to grieve again. Oh my that God. thought made him raise his arms and steady his feet on the stone. He fought off the Parshendi, struggling on for her. He would mm-hmm. not let himself fall while he still had strength. Ugh, like he's fighting for her, dude. Yeah, it's so romantic. It's amazing. It's so romantic. It's like, it's, it's amazing. Like he's... It's like he's literally like raising Ugh. Oathbringer over his head and a Peter Gabriel song's playing above. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, wait, that's a different thing. That's um, a different thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was actually Mud Honey, right? You know that, right? It was. Was it Didn't like the actual yeah. song playing is Mud Honey? Yeah. But... Yeah, because John Cusack was told, play whatever song you want. And then we're just going to so dump. He... And then he played Mud Honey? He played Mud Honey. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't w- know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. At least I at least I think that's the story. Maybe I should have fact checked myself before spewing that one out, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was Mud Honey. We'll get Joel or Papino to to fact check for us. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um I like this that yeah. that uh that Dalinar and, and Adeline are looking around at the chasms like should should we try to flee? Chances were slim, but then, you know, they would not abandon their men. Right. It this says is the here codes here. That he and Adeline had lived by the codes and they would die by the codes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he notices blood of yeah, my father's. What is that? He sees Kaladin Ka- coming over, to- yep. running towards the tower, and Dalinar says, It can't be. And even Adeline can't, cannot believe it. He's, um, um, but he feels a surge of hope in his uh, in his limbs, and they. He, I think is yeah. He calls it impossible. He says impossible. What, what what kind of trap is that? Yeah, a foolish, it would be a foolish one. Foolish if it's one. a trap, we're all yeah. right. We're already yeah. dead. Adeline calls out, "Form up, get ready to move. We're going to punch through the men. Gather everything you've got. We've got one chance." Right. 
But it was a hope, a tiny precious hope. If this army was going to fall, it would do so while trying to seize that hope. I love that. Me too, man. That if, if we're going to go forward, it's going, like, we're going down swinging. Yeah, we, you have like, to, right? At that is, point, you have, you have to. So we have another scene change here, and it says, for the yeah. second time in one day, Kaladin ran toward an armed Parshendi position. Yeah, we're going back to uh, Kaladin POV here. Going back to Kaladin, yeah. Shield, he's got his shield, his armor, and the way that the text describes this action that comes up, it's amazing. But but look at this. This is interesting. Kaladin is thinking about Dunny, and he's thinking about yeah. that nameless man at the beginning yes. who had shown Kaladin kindness on his first day as a bridgewin. And it says here, Kaladin still wore that man's sandals. Yeah, talk about walking a man in another man's a mile in man's shoes, eh? Oh, this dude, is um Nohadon. I, I underline that. Nohadon, the writer of the Way of Kings, would approve of yeah. this because he, Kaladin has literally walked in another man's shoes this whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, living another man's mm-hmm. life. Yeah, he 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 thinks of uh, Dunny and those guys because he sort of feels bad for wearing the carapace armor because it is super disrespectful. But then he's like, you know what? Fuck them. They killed Dunny. They killed Maps. They killed the old guy. Like right. These were my friends, right. like, you know, th- and this moment is a really great callback for the, everything that we've been through with him. Right. He reminds right. us of that first old man. He reminds us of Dunny. He reminds us of maps. It's uh, I know. I thought it was a really clever um, way to bring us back to the beginning. I mean, from a literary standpoint to, mm-hmm. to make mention of the sandals. I thought that was really great. The, and again, I have Dunny to say thing. like sandals, like I, I, I mean, you know Peter Pan comparison but this thing is rife with um, the story of, of Jesus true sandals it really is carrying the sandals, bridge carrying di- the cross disciples yep. carrying the bridge mm-hmm. like it's yep. you know like the devotion of his men the you know the followers I don't know there's a yeah there's um, yeah there's definitely something I have a part I want to read here um, yeah, he says or he thinks it wasn't going to work there were too many Parshendi. Dalinar's right. men would be tired. It was another disaster. But for once, Kaladin charged into it with op- wide, eyes wide open. I might actually read this as our um, dramatic read at the beginning of the, uh, the 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 episode. Like I might actually sure. pick this. This is my choice, he thought, as the Parshendi archers formed up. It's not some angry god watching me, not some spren playing tricks, not some twist of fate. It's me. I chose to follow Tien. I chose to charge the shard bearer and save Amaram. I chose to escape the slave pits. And now I choose to try to rescue these men, though I know I will probably fail. I love that. That's yeah. really great. He's like taking ownership of all the things that happened before. Whereas before he was like, I'm just cursed. All ba- these right. bad things happened to me. No, he's like, I made right. these choices. Right. And now he's choosing and accepting the consequences of probably failing. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. He wasn't fighting for Sadius. He wasn't working to line someone's pockets. He was fighting to protect. Yeah. Yeah, that's a and that's I a really this. good line. He was fighting to protect. To protect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Describes the what the character is really about. And he he's um, like doing it, right? He's like, I'm doing it again. I'm distracting them. I'm going really well and all of a sudden he's like something feels wrong. Yeah, this is something was wrong. Yeah, it's and well, it's because uh, the uh, Parshendi uh, formed another another contingency. Right, was coming on the other side of the plateau, and uh, he immediately thinks, "Oh no, like they're going to be taken out by by these arrows." Yeah, um, but all he had to do was give a command, 
And he said, bridge four, side carry right. And they did it. And they blocked it. Yes, dude. But then as soon as, but then as soon as he blocked it on that side, he, he had saved his men, but then he noticed that all the other Pershendi in front right. realigned, got down on their knees, and were about to unleash a hundred arrows. Right. And they did. Mm-hmm. And then Kaladin, um, this is, this is where, where Kaladin just gives his all. Um, he threw every bit he had into this shield. The scream echoed in his ears. The stormlight burst from him, his clothing freezing and cracking. Arrows darkened the sky. Hmm. And something hit him. The bridge ground to a halt. All fell still. Um, the bridge was being set down, which Kaladin vehemently d- disagreed with. Yeah, don't set it down, you idiots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His shield was covered in arrows, dozens of them. Some splitting the others. The bones crossing the shield's front had shattered. The wood was in splinters and the arrows, some of them had gone into his forearm. That was the source of his pain. Over a hundred arrows, an entire volley, were pulled into one shield. Wow. And Dre, he says, by the bright collar's rays, what was that? It was like a fountain of light, Moash says. Like the sun itself burst from you. This is important. This is really important sorry, moment because so far, yeah. only Teft and Lopin know he can do something. Right. Right. And now the entire bridge crew and saw this. two yeah. contingents of Parshendi archers all see him like do something absolutely incredible. Right. So the men are like, holy shit, dude, that was awesome. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. But yet they're not surprised. No. And they're not freaked out. Yeah. So they've kind of come to accept it out of the storm, out of storm bless. The, the, um, the archers are so freaked out by what he just did. Yeah. They flee. They're like, holy they fuck. <laughs> the archers abandoned. I love that. And I love this too, that the shield had disintegrated yeah. from the use of the, of the light. Right. Like the amount of power that he infused and drew into himself right. and unleashed Shield is gone. It's just completely I mean, gone. Yeah, but it's also left his skin like kind of ash. Oh yeah. Well, it says withered, that a couple right? of um, a couple of the it's the uh, arrows actually punched through the shield into his arm, yeah. into his forearm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, so so they say something. Uh, was it Neshua Kadal? Yeah, that's what the, the Parshendi say. And they flee. That's what the yeah. Mm-hmm. So they leave. Yeah, they pull um, him away. Uh, they pull him into like a safe space away from the chasm. On the plateau, yeah. And he's left there with Teft, Lopin, Scar, and Dabit. The 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 two I injured love what men, says here. the one armed man, and Dabit, who is still in shell shock. Well, right, and hasn't spoken since that time. But now we know some of the things he's been seeing. What? Sorry, say that again. Didn't we see? Uh, uh, don't we know that Dabit has has been seeing something? What? Where'd you get that? I thought we had that already in the in the text that he was potentially seeing something. We had talked about that. Um, I don't think the guy so. who doesn't speak. Yeah. Oh, I thought there, I thought there was a character that that uh, that di- that didn't speak or was or was seeing something, and then when Shalon had her visions, didn't we already confirm that that this guy that this other character might have seen something like that? No, 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 no. This was the king, oh. remember? 
Remember oh, the king yeah, said he right. saw stuff in the mirrors, right. um, like symbols. Right. That's it. Right. That okay, was the thank king. Thank you for clearing yeah, that. Yeah, David okay. is just so, a so regular. Don't, don't he just know. got shell okay. shock. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you're right. Moash says. Yeah. Uh, I love this. Bridge up. We've still got a job to do. I love that. Yeah. Coming from him. It's yeah, just, they're not done it's yet. awesome. Yeah. Um, Dalinar's forces are fighting spheres. through. Yeah. He's like, oh, we need it, some spheres and <laughs> spheres. And Scar's like, we gave them all to him already. He already asked for them. Yeah, we need spheres. He's already gave them everything I had. I think uh, most of the men did the same. Um, Scar, uh, <laughs> is he going to be all right? I don't know, says Tef. I don't know anything. Kel, like I'm an idiot. Kaladin yeah. lad, can you hear me? It's just shock, Kaladin says. You're looking strange, yeah. Gancho. Lopin says, white, your skin is ashen, lad, Tef says. It looks like you did something to yourself back there. Um, I should have listened, idiot. He's, so Teft is very, like, blaming himself for this uh, for some reason. Bridge yeah. four arrives and sets down their bridge. Uh, we kind of, I, I kind of understand why so he feels guilty because he sort of set him down this path with odd that, like every right. odd that, encouraging him to do it, and then when he, yeah. when he when he does it and, and expresses himself fully, and now it looks like it's nearly killed him. Right. Um, so, um, the Parshendi teams didn't have bows. Um, right. There's a whole group of Parshendi so. that are waiting. <laughs> They're just oh, sitting yeah. there waiting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then I love this, this is this moment here where, uh, Teft, Scar and Lopin all get up to go help the crew, even though right. Scar's injured and uh, even Dabin joins them. And one missing an arm. Yeah. Yeah. The, I know, dude, it's. It's broken legs and all, right? You're going. You're going to yeah. the top of this hill. Everyone's right? in. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. There's a part here um, at the end here I want to read. Um, look, go ahead. Um, Kaladin still says, "Is there anything you can do?" Kaladin says to right. make me stronger. She shakes her head. Yeah. The Parshendi looked eager now, angry and deadly. They wanted blood. They would cut into the bridgemen and rip them apart and then drop the bridge and their corpses into the void beneath. Yeah. It's happening again, Kaladin thought. Dazed and overwhelmed, he found himself curling up, drained and shaken. I can't get to them. They'll die right in front of me. Tux, dead. Nelda is dead. Goshel, Dalit, Sen, Maps, Dunny. Tien, dead. In a moment, he was there again on that horrible, most horrible of days and I love yep. this because I thought wow I'm finally going to get it you're going to get it you've been waiting I'm all book for it so scene so change str- we're still with Kaladin scene change yep and we're I don't know like um, in the chaos of war how many between years the ago four years ago or something yep it was his third battle in Amaram's army mm-hmm. uh, Hearthstone where he came from seemed, seemed like a world away he was crouched down and yep. shaking Amaram's army, um, Kaladin's army, was trying to hold onto a hilltop. And they were just fighting other Alethis. Right. So it was a high prince squabble of some kind. Yeah. Um, they were trying to take it from them. And he was praying, to praying, I guess, to the Almighty, I suppose. He'll be safe, Kaladin thought. He will be. Tien will be all right. Right. But Tien's stint as a messenger boy didn't last long. He was actually soon recruited. Yeah. And unknown to Kaladin, but he was sent Into to Into a front. reserve... 
Yeah, he's yeah. put in a reserve squad, and he thinks, mm-hmm. you know, he asks someone, are they going to be used? And they're like, well, they're not going to be used unless it's, like, a really big battle. And then now he's in a really big battle, so he's like, shit, they're going to be used. Right. So he's like, I got to find them. So he takes off, runs up the hill, greets the um, the other squad leader. Which squad mm-hmm. are you in? He says, I'm in uh, Bright Lord Tashlin's company. And, he's, and then he's getting... Um, information that there's the third report that, that Tashlin is down um, and he says you go off to the reserves for reassignment Calden says yes sir and he's going to go after 10 obviously yeah um, but he only finds more chaos just you know men are just strewn about bloody days dying um, he finds someone named Dalar first mm-hmm. uh, the sergeant and um he points and, and Dallar says, you, squad reassignment in that direction, get get going. Yeah. And then Kaladin says, I need to find the squad made up of the, me- made up of the messenger boys. And then uh, Dallar says, why in damnation do you want to do that? Yeah. How should I know? I just follow orders. I love this that it, seemed, it seems that that's, that's Kaladin just thinking about the goal. Yeah, thinking on the fly, just coming up with something to... Yeah. Yeah, to to get him there. Right. Um, so he's running. It's only been four months. Yeah. This wasn't and he sees to a banner flapping in the air, uh, the black glyphair of uh, Shesh Leryl, which was Scheller's company. Mm-hmm. And he brushes past the soldiers at the hilltop. And I, 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 this this description is brutal. That he's like as he's making his way down this uh, the, the incline, sliding on blood. That's just horrible. His fear yeah. had vanished; had been replaced by worry for his brother. And the squad leader yells over to him, "You! About time my team got some of those reinforcements. For a time there, I thought Varth was going to get every man. Where's your shield?" He grabs one from a nearby soldier. Um, we can't hold on like this. Um, I think it's not too long after this that he notices these three. Yeah, uh, he he looks over boys. to the squad beside the squad he's with and sees yeah. these three smaller boys, and he's like, "That's got to be them." But they're in the mm-hmm. front of the squad formation, right? They're placed there to slow strategically, oh, strategically to. Yeah. To slow the oncoming, uh, the oncoming assault. Mm-hmm. So just being used. And he says, why were Tan and the other two positioned in the middle? They barely knew how to hold a spear. Right. Kaladin felt something thump against his leg and he, and he got hit, right? He'd been stabbed with a spear, he, but he felt no yeah. pain. And he thinks so, Tien. Ho- hold on, hold on a second here. I want to read yeah, this go. part. He stumbled, hitting the ground, realizing with shock he had been stabbed with a, sp- a, sp- a spear. He felt no pain. And the next word is very important. Is, yeah. Odd. Odd. Right? Yeah. Odd that. Odd that. Yeah. That's, that word is perfectly placed there because every time Teft tried to make Kaladin realize right. something was happening to him, he said, odd that. And so now... Sanderson is telling us he didn't feel pain. Odd that. Right. Right. 
So yeah. it's just, a, this is like maybe one of the first glimpses Little, that we get of uh, his early life that something is happening to Kaladin. Right. Um, um, he yeah. gets his own spear. So uh, there's actually an oncoming forest that's attacking and Kaladin manages to get his spear up just in time and whips it upward. And then he froze. He had just driven his spear through the enemy soldier's neck. I just yeah. killed a man. Yeah, he killed killed a guy for the first time. Amazing. I love yeah. I love that it happened. It's so interesting that it that it happened and then soon after disaster strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh Tien he yells out. Um the boy looks over behind him, the rest of the squad pulled back. Um and sensing weakness, the enemy soldiers descended upon Tien and the others. There was an armored light eyes at their front in gleaming steel. He swung a sword and Kaladin's brother fell just like that. Just like that. One moment he's up and there's a moment where he sees his brother, right? Right. The boy looked towards him. He went, he, Kaladin goes, Tien! And the boy looked yeah. towards him, uh, toward him, eyes opening wide. He actually smiled. Right. Behind him, the rest of the squad, pull, uh, squad pulled back, leaving the three right. untrained boys exposed. Like, literally, there's a rush. The veteran yeah. men pull back, letting the three young boys die. Right. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They'd placed the untrained at the, at the front to stop the momentum of the enemy attack, and Kaladin's just screaming, no, no, no. He watched where Tien had fallen, and there was thunder. Hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. It said, and the the next two uh, words are no hooves, but I really like that. The that storm. The hooves from Amram's uh, cavalry. I feel like that was the moment. Like, when when Tien died, and when he got stabbed, and awed that, like, it just seems like something's starting. So the, mm-hmm. so you you hear this thunder. Um, Kaladin didn't care. He um, he breached the spot. He was I mean, he's going to have words. But again, horrified and numb. It says here again. Yeah, numb again. Kaladin reached out his hand and rolled over uh, the one that that was face down. Tian's dead eyes stared up at him. Um, he kneels beside the body. Um. And he just knelt. He was too right. numb. Again, numb. About time he rode down here, a voice says. Kaladin looks up. Um, you bastard, Kaladin says to... Uh, this is Now, this is to Varth, right? Mm-hmm. You put them in front. And Varth says, you work with what you have. If they give me men who can't fight, I'll find another use for them. And this is where... Uh, and this is brutal. He hesitated as his team marched away. He seemed regretful. Gotta do what you can to stay alive, son. Turn a liability into an advantage whenever you can. Remember that if you live. This is where that co- quote comes from. Brutal. Remember, I know, but what a horrible, what a horrible origin for where it comes from. It's it's perfect. Right. It's just it couldn't have been more carefully chosen. There was a moment in our our studying this book where uh, I think you asked me who it came from. Did it come from Dalit? Did it come from Tux? And I feigned not really being able to remember. And I think a couple of times I really couldn't remember either. Um, But it was this guy who said it. 
and and it wasn't a teaching yeah. moment even though it sort of was um it's like the, the worst type of teaching moment the worst well it's just because it sounds like something like turn turn a liability into, into an advantage it sounds like it, when we previously heard it it sounded like you know a, a line that that quite simply would say well be be resourceful mm-hmm. you know um uh, be clever um something that isn't so sinister but this is this this couldn't be more sinister it's this, this is right. horrible this is use people however you can to right. get the job done right even boys use people up to to be resourceful yeah just just mm-hmm. use them up spit them out and chew them out scrape them off so Kaladin yeah. looked down. Why couldn't I protect him? His yeah. his innocence, his smile, his excitement at exploring the hills around uh, outside Hearthstone. Please, please let me protect him. Make me strong enough. Yeah. He felt so weak, blood loss. He found himself slumping to the side with his tired hands. He uh, tied off his wound and then feeling incredibly vacant, he laid down beside Tien and pulled the body close. Don't worry. I'll bring you home. I'll protect you, Tien. I'll bring you back. I'll bring you back. He held the body into the evening long past the end of the battle, clinging to it as it slowly grew cold. Yeah. Okay. And that's where you asked me to stop reading. Yes. So that we could continue this live. Well, not live. Yeah, it's it's but live. Record it's, this. it's live for us. It'll be a live recording of my reaction for the rest of the chapter. So right. do you want to just jump into it? Okay. So now I will read the rest of this chapter to you. Okay, I'm very excited. Hopefully, <laughs> capture this live moment here. Okay. Okay. Kaladin blinked. He wasn't in the hollow with Tien. He was on the plateau. He could hear men dying in the distance. He hated thinking of that day. He almost wished he'd never gone looking for Tien. Then he wouldn't have had to watch. Wouldn't have had to kneel there, powerless, as his brother was slaughtered. It was happening again. Rock, Moash, Teft, they were all going to die. And here he lay, powerless again. He could barely move. He felt so drained. Kaladin, a voice whispered. He blinked. Sil was hovering in front of him. Do you know the words? All I want to do was protect them, he whispered. That's why I've come. The words, Kaladin. They're going to die. I can't save them. I... Amaram slaughtered his men in front of him. A nameless shard bear killed Dalit. A light eyes killed Tien. No. Kaladin rolled over and forced himself to his feet, wavering on weak legs. No. Bridge 4 hadn't set its bridge yet. That surprised him. They were still pushing it across the chasm. The Parshendi crowding up on the other side, eager, their song becoming more frantic. His delusions had seemed like hours but had passed in just a few heartbeats. No! Lopin's litter was in front of Kaladin. A spear rested amid the drained water bottles and ragged bandages, steel head reflecting the sunlight. It whispered to him. It terrified him, and he loved it. When the time comes, I hope you're ready, because this lot will need you. He seized the spear the first real weapon he had held since his display in the chasm so many weeks ago. He started to run, slowly at first, picking up speed, reckless, his body exhausted, but he did not stop. He pushed forward, harder, charging towards the bridge. 
It was only halfway across the chasm. Sill shot out in front of him, looking back, worried. The words, Kaladin! Rock cried out as Kaladin ran onto the bridge as it was moving. The wood wobbled beneath him. It was out over the chasm, but hadn't reached the other side. Kaladin! He's, on, he's, running, on t- he's running on top of the bridge right now? Yeah. So the bridge is halfway across the chasm. The men are pushing it across, and he's oh, leapt man, on top. so cool. But it's not all the way across. He's going right, to have to do something. Amazing. Yeah. Kaladin! Amazing. Teft yelled. What are you doing? Kaladin screamed, reaching the end of the bridge. Finding a tiny surge of strength somewhere, he raised his spear and threw himself off the end of the wooden platform, launching into the air above the cavernous void. Bridgman cried out in dismay. Sill zipped about him with worry. Parshendi looked up with amazement as a lone Bridgman sailed through the air towards them. His drained, worn-out body barely had any strength left. In that moment of crystallized time, he looked down on his enemies. Parshendi, with their marbled red and black skin. Soldiers raise, raising finely crafted weapons, as if, cut, as if to cut him from the sky. Strangers, oddities in carapace breastplate and skull caps, many of them wearing beards. Beards woven with glowing gemstones. Kaladin breathed in, like a power of salvation itself, like rays of sunlight from the eyes of the Almighty. Stormlight exploded from those gemstones. It streamed through the air, pulled invisible streams like glowing columns of luminescent smoke. Twisting and turning and spiraling like a funnel cloud until they slammed into him, and the storm came to life again. Kaladin hit the rock ledge, legs suddenly strong, mind, body, and b- blood alive with energy. He fell into a crouch, spear under his arm, a small ring of stormlight expanding from him and a wave, pushed down to the stones by his fall, stunned, the Sparshendi shied away, eyes widening, song faltering. A trickle of stormlight closed the wounds on his arm. He smiled. Spear held before him. It was as familiar as the body of a lover long lost. The words, a voice said, urgent, as if directly into his mind. In that moment, Kaladin was amazed to realize that he knew them, though he had never been told, it had never been told to him. I will protect those who cannot protect themselves, he whispered. The second ideal of the night's radiant. You want to pause here for a second? Don't read the rest of that uh, that chapter yet. Don't. Do you want to pause here for a second it. and oh give me some thoughts? Um. Wow, that's incredible. I love the fact that that I had forgot about the gemstones that the Parshendi wear. I think we all do when we read this and, for and, the first time. I I totally forgot that. I love that I forgot that detail, and I love that that detail is their salvation. Um, I also love that it is so incredibly poetic Mm -hmm. that Kaladin crosses the bridge. Right. And his men are pushing it and he crosses it. And he crosses it and leaps off of it. Like that alone for me is unbelievable, but absorbing the stormlight 
from the gemstones woven into their beards. That is an amazingly clever way to... Oh, that's that's unreal. That's amazing. I will protect those I don't, who I don't cannot know, dude. protect I'm, themselves. I'm just, I'm... And then he says the words, yeah, I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. So earlier, yeah. earlier in the last uh, little bit, please, please let me protect him. Make me strong right. enough. And then right. Syl says, that's what about. Syl says, she says, do you know the words? And then he says, all I want to do is protect them. And then she says, that's why I've come. The words, Kaladin. Right. Yeah. I amazing. will protect those who cannot protect themselves. Okay. Let me, you want to finish that now? Here, let me, let me read the, the last part here to you. Do, do you want, do you want to do the last bit? Yeah. Okay. Uh, POV change. A crack shook the air like an enormous clap of thunder through the sky was, though the sky was completely clear. Tef stumbled back. Having just set the bridge in place, he found himself gaping with the rest of bridge four. Kaladin exploded with energy. A burst of whiteness washed out from him a wave of white smoke. Stormlight. The force of it slammed into the first ranks of the Parshendi, tossing them backwards, and Teft had to hold his hand up against the vibrancy of the light. Something just changed, Moash whispered, hand up. Something important. Kaladin raised his spear. The powerful light began to subside, retreating. A more subdued glow began to steam off his body, radiant, like smoke from an ethereal fire. Nearby, some of the Parshendi fled, though others stepped up, raising weapons in challenge. Kaladin spun into them a living storm of steel, wood, and determination. So that's the end of the chapter. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's, 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 it's amazing. It's incredible. I got, dude, I've read wow. this like a gazillion times or whatever, and I got goosebumps all over my body. Wow. A living storm of steel, wood, and determination. Yeah. Something just changed. Something important. So does this confirm that he's a Knight's Radiant? Well, he said the first two ideals of the Knight's Radiant, and he just, he, he just well, leveled up. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He just leveled up big time. Right. That's <laughs> funny. He leveled up. He's, he's he's level ten now. He's level ten. Um. Oh man, that's amazing. I really didn't remember the gemstones. That's that's my highlight here. Is that, and then him becoming a living storm of steel. Wow. And I just I so want Dalinar Colin's reaction to all this. I we gotta read the next one. We gotta read the next one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's amazing. That's incredible. I um what a reveal. I yeah, I've been waiting I've been waiting forever to read this to you. Um oh, it's that's uh incredible. it's an amazing amazing moment when he leaps across the chasm. Oh, um, it's so good. There's just so much. Um well, how long is our info dump? <laughs> um it's a very short info dump actually. Is um, it? Okay, but you surprisingly. Have to pick, you have to pick a highlight for wow. this last chapter. There's a lot going on in that last chapter, well, but Well, yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot going on, but I think I think it has to be It has to be him crossing the bridge. I think so too. I mean, that is beyond poetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what all of that means. You know, mm-hmm. like 
I, I just love how there are so many moments, so many, so many journeys, I guess you would say. There is. Before there are these destinations and this is just yet another one, but, but it, it just comes right back to the very beginning. At the very beginning, he's given a bridge. He just needs to cross it. Right. And you didn't even know he needed to until the end. Or, or, or that he would. Yeah. I mean, I was, I mean, Brandon, Mr. Sanderson had me convinced. I mean, out of Kaladin's own mouth, he was very convincing about how illogical it would be to help Dalinar. Mm-hmm. And I, and I still, I think that what he says still makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, even after the resolution of this, however, the implications of the night radiant could be a bigger deal. But like he said, if anybody talks, he'll be hunted down. Yeah. That's not a concern right, right now though, right? Doing what is right is what makes Doing sense Doing what now. is right is the concern. Yeah. Oh, dude, this is amazing. What an amazing series. My highlight for this chapter is literally yes, just doing, doing this live read and uh, getting to kind of see and hear your reactions. Oh. And, um, I, I also really like the uh, the whole please please let me protect him make me strong yeah. enough and then he says all I want to do is protect them and then Sil says that's why I've come right it's just awesome and then we also yeah. get uh, the I'm an honor spren I love that moment it makes me like tear I'm drawn, up yeah, oh, just, I'm drawn to honor and that's yeah. the thing right like yeah you're doing you're doing the honorable thing that's why Sil's here right. And, and you're struggling along the way to, to do honorable things. So Syl kind of fluctuates right. with her appearance. Mm-hmm. That's very true. She only very becomes a fully fledged, a fully fledged realized honor spren when he's getting that much closer with all these debates about, you know, when, when he's feeling anxious, like, why am I anxious? Like we have our freedom. We should, I should, I should just go. Right. Take these men. We fought for this moment. We have it. Let's seize it. Let's get out of here. Yeah, it's in those they it's in those moments that Syl appears, because right. she can feel what's really inside of Kaladin, right? And it's that sense of honor that's you know deep within him. That's what makes her, I, I think, you know, fully realized and um, and with her help um, and her presence, um, he's able to. I mean, really, I mean, arrive at at his destination. Right. He's crossed, he's crossed the bridge. He has unleashed an unbelievable amount of power. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything has been displayed like that coming out of Zeth. Uh, well, we don't really know. Um, we've seen okay. Zeth do some crazy things, but Zeth yeah. seems more practiced yeah. with it than yeah. Kaladin. Yeah. Kaladin's doing some stuff kind of on <laughs> impulse and Zeth seems to be like fully trained in whatever it is mm. he's doing. So. Mm. I'm fully trained in well, being able to provide an info dump, though. I don't yeah, know let's, let, how you feel info about that. Info dump. In, in, in. Info dump, dump, dump. Info <laughs> dump, dump, dump. <laughs> um, we, it's a very short one. Um, yeah. I think Scar says, bright collars raise. Um, we've never heard this term before, right. bright collars oh, raise. Oh, yes, right. Yeah, bright collars raise. Um, yeah. We've heard Kalex breath and Stormfather and, and all these other curses, but this is just another curse. Um, we don't really know exactly what it's referring to, but it's just another one right. of these like kind of like, curses that are used in this book. 
And then the other little thing I have here is that um, Dalinar mentions that they've lost half their numbers on the tower. So they went up there with 8,000 and right. they're left with 4,000 at this moment in this part of the book. So we'll see how much they're left with if they survive the tower. But yeah, that's uh, that's the episode, man. That's it. Oh, amazing. Well, how many are we covering next time? Um, one chapter if next. I may ask. And one chapter after that. So next... 68? Yeah, next chapter, okay. 68 Eshonai, is we're just going to do the one chapter, and then we're okay. going to do the next chapter. So we've only got five episodes left until the end of this uh, this season. So... <laughs> well, it's getting we close. are... Uh, it's, uh, it's getting close. It's going to be sad when it's over, but it's okay because there'll be the dawn of something new. Exactly, exactly. If uh, you want to see the dawn of something new, you can always uh, join us on uh, our Patreon team on patreon.com slash heroes of and uh, support the show. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to support us indirectly, you can always just tell people about us and uh, rate or review the show when you can. Um, if you want have questions for us or want to reach out, you can always email us at heroesofacathra at gmail.com. We can also be reached at Heroes of One on Twitter or The Storm Pod on Instagram. Um, yeah, um, that's it, man. I'm so excited we got this episode done. Amazing. I, uh, yeah. I uh, love this book. I love you and uh, I love everyone I love listening. You too, pal. I uh, hope you guys have a good night. Yes, and... thanks so much for, for all of you listeners out there and your support. It's pretty great. It's awesome. It's great we're to. Almost at the end. Yeah, we're almost, we're almost there, man. So, yeah, all right. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening and until next time. Take care, everybody. StormPod is brought to you by Heroes Of. Theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, Jay, Phil, Mike, and Sean. The Heroes of Hakathra. <laughs>